From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we're learning from our Asset Builder Commander-in-Chief, CEO, Kenan Gross, and of course, our usual CIO, Michael French. And today, we're talking about right-sizing, not downsizing. We're talking about right-sizing. What changes can we make to our living situation that makes financial sense for retirement, whether that's just around the corner or in the future? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening this 2021 year. We are so happy to be with you. Um, We have been getting your episode suggestions. We've got some great ones lately. In fact, the next episodes coming up will be from listener requests. So that's pretty neat. Thank you guys for writing in your suggestions. And if you have a suggestion, you can write us in at podcast at assetbuilder.com. Thank you so much for listening. We're glad you're here. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Uh, gentlemen, we're talking about right-sizing, not downsizing. We're talking about right-sizing. Now, Kenan, if you had to give us a brief sort of synopsis of what we're talking about today, how would you explain Yeah, I think, Jared, what I would add to that, it's really right-sizing with a purpose. Right. We had had a podcast before. We said, hey, put together a balance sheet. And there's professional balance sheets, but what we were talking about is the, is, uh, the breadwinner um, in the house put together a balance sheet. And the key to the balance sheet um, was to actually put personal notations on value because a lot of times balance sheets, uh, if they're not super complex, they have a lot of individual items that are uh, self-valuated. And by that, you know, your individual notes, they make the loved ones that you're trying to help be successful Mm-hmm. And one of the things, if you think back to what that balance sheet has, right. um, is your house. So when I say right-sizing with a purpose, it is this idea that you're getting ready to um, create or curate value out of your house. And so that's kind of the topic that we're talking about today, is right-sizing with a purpose. Right. One of the things that's been very interesting is during this COVID period, everybody I know is going through a home improvement project. Mm-hmm. So what that's saying to me is that they're already starting to think, hey, how do we add value to this property that is already valuable? Um, so I think there's two parts of that. There's what can you do to add value to it, i.e. home improvement project. Everybody I know has a home improvement project going on. Home Depot also demonstrates that because their, sc- their stock is going through the roof so this is not just something I am seeing, but it's something that's going on across the United States. Um, it's very interesting. I think, so when we talk about home improvement, that's adding value in some way, shape, or form. Then there's also the idea of, hey, what if you were going to say, I want to sell my house in seven years? What would you do to embark on that? Yes, you may do a home improvement part of that to increase the value of that asset. But then there's also this idea that says, I need to prepare to sell that asset. And as people, um, especially, you know, in my case, where my wife and I have lived in our house for 20 years, uh, we have accumulated a lot of stuff. Some people would call junk, but that's our memorabilia that represents, 
you know, a good portion of our life, actually 20 years at this point in time, because uh, that's how long we've lived in, uh, in our house. And it, it makes me think about um, every corner has stuff in it, and you just don't realize how much stuff that is. And you start giving away stuff, and you realize, wow, I haven't even made a dent in the house. And uh, in fact, Michael and I were talking about, he, was, he found some statistic that said, hey, more people die going back into the house to get something than oh. actually escape yeah. uh, the I, fire. And I, was, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was talking about mortalities in fires. And so I forget what the statistic is, and it's, you know, it's, an, it's a story, so we're not going to have anything in the show notes. But it, it was basically, as a fire marshal, the experience that they had observing people who would go back into the house to retrieve something and then perish in a fire. So in other words, they had escaped from the fire, but, oh, I've got to go get. And so they would run back into the house and get something. And that uh, that was the second greatest number of fatalities. Number one is just people who are asleep, don't wake up. But number two is I was already out and I ran back in. Well, in fact, I read an article uh, and it was a clickbait article. Uh, and in South Carolina, some guy ran back out to get, you know, ran back in to get his pants. His pants? His pants. Yeah, you need those, though. And died from smoke <laughs> inhalation. And oh, they man. found him in the bedroom. With his pants on fire? <laughs> you know, that's... Did he have his pants on? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, well, it was kind of one of those things that emphasized your point, but it says that obviously inside of our home, we have a lot of value. Right. Yeah. You know, not only it's just financial value if you were to try and sell it, yep. but all the stuff that we've put in there, we keep under lock and key our valuables. Yep. You know, some people put things into lock boxes, all kinds of things, but we've now said our home is a great storage locker for all of our important things. Is there anything that you'd run back in your house to get? You know, uh, that's what... What I would think be your one thing? I think that's a good part of the exercise is what would be your one thing? If you had to grab something and run, humans, obviously... Material item only. A material item only. What would it be? I think for me, it'd be a laptop, probably this thing. If I can only well, grab one so thing or a thing. There, there are things that are valuable, like jewelry and stuff that's valuable to my wife that I'm assuming would survive a fire or is in a safe place anyway... I would probably say laptop just because of pictures and stuff that... Yeah, so much on this one which thing. Which is weird because you can back that up so easily. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, I put, it, you, I put everything on the cloud. On the cloud. So yeah. that, and I've got a lot, a lot of pictures. Photography has yeah, been my thing for right. a long time. So what would you grab? What would it be for you? You know, for me, it would probably be some of the kids' things. My wife, as the kids were born, growing up, she did a lot of stitching of you know hey this was a picture of she did okay. these what do you call them cross the, stitch cross stitch yeah she did cross stitch for each one of the kids when they yep. were born so it'd probably be some of that kind of stuff but you know but i don't know that i'd run back into a burning fire to get it or even right. the idea that hey i'm gonna only grab a couple things before i run out the door i don't think i i don't i if you've ever been near a fire like, yeah. you, I, I think that the 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 impulse to run into a fire, here's what's striking to me. Mm-hmm. 
sit next to your fireplace. And I'm yeah. talking about a wood burning fireplace because it's hotter than a than a, a gas fireplace. Just sit next to it and you start to get hot. So imagine your entire house is on fire. The amount of heat that that's generating, the impulse to get in and get something would have to be so strong. Like joking, all joking aside about the pants, I can't imagine because as yeah. I approach the house, it, it's and I've so got this, hot. Yeah. yeah, and I've got this immortality thing that I'm like, I'm pretty sure nothing can kill me. I have immunity to everything, and and even with that. I would look at it and I'd be like, nah, that seems like it's going to kill me if I go in. Well, and I think the, you know, I, I wonder if it's really when we think about that is, you know, when it's that much on fire, mm-hmm. it's a lost cause, right? right. So yeah. if it's first starting to smoke, right? You think or you can get got in a, and get out. You've got a piece of something on fire that yes. is probably going to spread through the house. I mean, yeah. yeah. so the question is, I think, and that was a great question, Jared, because that really puts this whole thing into perspective. What is that one thing that you would that grab? You would get. And I think, you know, for something simple, quick, yes, laptop, I think is the perfect thing. At least it would be for me, even though I know everything's on the cloud. It, the, the only thing I'd be trying to save is that little current work. And, yeah. you know, and it would be interesting to even ask that's a Great question. I'm going to ask my wife. Uh, hey, what's the one thing you would run in, or yeah. would you run in? Now, yeah. no, no, here's here's something that'd be interesting. or you take out before it really goes wild, right? Yeah. Because going wild, nobody's running back into that baby. I would like to hear this from listeners. Can you guess what the one thing is your spouse would grab? Ooh, that's cool. That's very cool. Because I would be. I mean, hey, if you've been married a number of years, I'm sure you've. But here's the other thing. If I'm going to grab something, it would probably be something that mattered to my wife because then for the rest of my life, I'm You'd a hero. hero. And I exactly. don't care. Like there's, I mean, I'm grabbing a laptop because you, you're making me carry something out and I've already got my pants on. Yeah. Like otherwise I'm grabbing my pants. So I'm not in that guy's condition. But, but, but okay, honey, what's important to you? Yeah. And I would be curious how many people are like, I got it, nailed it. Let us know. Yeah. Because I would, I would be surprised if somebody was like, Oh yeah, this is important to me and this is important to my spouse. And you can be a hero just by grabbing that one thing on your way out the door. Yeah. Email us at uh, podcast at assetbuilder.com and we'll read the best one on the air. How about that? Okay. Yeah, that sounds cool. great. That's a great idea. Okay, so we're talking about right sizing with purpose. So what what kind of clued you into this idea? Is it like a retirement sort of yeah, I think, what, yeah, because when I started talking to my friends, it was really all about their home um, because it appears probably first on their balance sheet. Mm. In fact, I don't know too many balance sheets where the home doesn't appear first, even if you have a complex balance sheet, because it's personal items first and their home is going to be the biggest, most valuable thing on their balance sheet. And then you even later on get into assets, right? Because assets are undeclared, right? They, you say, generally by account, I have X, but you don't know what those assets are comprised of. You just, this account has X number of dollars in it in the form of assets of some type. You don't really know. But that home is the first thing on your balance sheet that you Mm -hmm. understand. It's got an address or it's got a name. And uh, that's probably something, if it was your balance sheet that you're notating, you're going to have something on there probably. Um, And I know we get taxes every year 
mm-hmm. if you own your home um, and they give you the, hey, these are the surrounding um, comps and therefore your house is worth X. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's a good value, but I think really today is maybe a little bit lighter subject only in the fact that what we see going on around us, mm-hmm. what we see is mm-hmm. people putting effort into remodeling. Um, but I also think the idea is it's not downsizing, and that's typically what you hear when people say that, hey, this is where we raised our kids. You know, my wife's case, my wife and I's case, uh, we've been in that house, we've been in our house for 20 years. And yes, we did raise our kids pretty much in that house. And uh, so it is bigger than what we need. And we're already thinking, well, but we would like to have the grandkids come back here. And the question is, is that the right thought um, could be, but I think even now, and my wife and I have already talked about that, is we need to think about, hey, what if we targeted to sell this house in 10 years? What mm-hmm. would be the first thing that we would try to do? Well, the first thing that we would do, and what really sparked our communication around this point was seeing all this remodeling. Yeah, we've, so we, I've had, I've had uh, two experiences with in-laws and my parents uh, all in the past five years have changed locations uh, or passed away. And so I had my mother-in-law passed away and um, she liked to shop. That would be one way to, to put it. She, she enjoyed the process of going into a store and giving them cash for stuff that she may or may not someday use or wear or whatever. Um, amazing gift giver, uh, because she'd been looking for your gift since July. She wasn't one of those people who started on December 20th at <laughs> yeah, all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you always got a nice gift from her, but, um, you know, she, she, she had closets full of items that, uh, were important to her or that she was just going to give away to somebody at some point in the future. Um, I think we we all tend to want to buy things and have things or we have hobbies and in the hobby is takes, we need gear for the hobby. Yeah. Uh, so Kenan is a hobbyist extraordinaire. You don't say it. And yeah, Kenan does, exactly. does some amazing things. And I've, I've been in Kenan's house before. Uh, one time I was, I was staying there and I put my, uh, hung, hung a shirt up in the closet and the closet in the guest room is a is a trophy room of Kenan's hobbies. And so there were <laughs> there were uh, there were guns, airsoft guns. When he and Kyle were uh, used to do that, yeah. Let's say paintball, paintball airsoft, paintball. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Airsoft. Yeah. didn't shoot each other. Those with little man. Those are little. Those are hits. Yeah. Needless to say, we accumulate stuff. We accumulate yeah. stuff, right. and, and a lot of the stuff that we accumulate is for hobbies that we might not still do. Uh, my parents uh, enjoy, um, my mom, uh, I know, enjoys like sewing uh, cloth, like working with cloth, quilting, stuff like that. Uh, sends great gifts, like, you know, handmade stuff, and it's great. But someday when she passes on, if you're like, oh, now I inherited some sewing machines. I don't know. I, mean, I know how to plug it in, but I don't know how to turn it on or, or, or 
how to use it, frankly. And so my solution for a sewing machine is to go to a tailor and say, can you sew this for me? Um, it's something that it's great. It, it allows her to uh, continue to be active. And um, she and my dad actually do some projects together. And it's, it's a great way for them to bond. But when they moved, I'm assuming that they probably had to either make sure that the new space that they moved into had this was big enough that it had the size to accommodate this stuff or they had to say well we're going to get rid of some of these machines or or do something and so that's just i think that's really right sizing i think a lot of times revolves around hey there are people who are no longer living here our kids are moved out maybe we're gonna you know have room for grandkids but maybe not um but also how many of these hobbies do we need to continue to store right. things for? Yeah. So, Michael, if you were going to be prescriptive on right sizing with a purpose, yeah. Well, if if you could say, "Hey, do these three things," what would what would that be in your in your mind's eye? So, this isn't to be mean, but if you haven't fit into those clothes in the last two years, you don't. You're not gonna. By the time you get back to that size, those clothes are out of style. So you don't need to keep clothes that you haven't worn in a couple of years. The other thing is being honest about uh, spatial requirements. Are you really ever going to need five bedrooms, seven bedrooms again? You know, do, how, however many bedrooms, four or five, I don't know how many, but do you really need that much space? Right for people. And then, and then the third one is hobbies. What, how much stuff do you have that allows you to do something that you're never going to do? But I think those would be the three. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to get rid of my hobby stuff. It's easy for me to recommend that you get rid of yours. That's true, though. Yeah, exactly. So how does this, from a financial retirement perspective, how does right-sizing relate? Why is this important? Why is right-sizing important? Well, simply because I think it allows you, first of all, to be more flexible with regards to what you're going to do in your future. Um, Because if your future means moving closer to the grandkids, Mm -hmm. um, getting value out of your one of your biggest assets and, you know, biggest asset may be an overstatement, but it certainly is going to be the first statement on your balance sheet. Um, and most people have more uh, personal connection to their house than they certainly do any other asset. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So the question is, and I think the most important part of this is, you know, how are you going to be prepared to get value from that? Um, right. Because the value that it's had in the past isn't going to be the value you're going to get out of it in the future. Right. Um, Definitely true. Yeah. And and we talked last time about a scorecard and Mm -hmm. having a solution to address different potential risks. And um, you can use your house to address some future needs that you have. But understanding what you need to maintain, like what do I need to continue to live in? Um, is kind of one of the first steps. And so right-sizing, making sure that you're not getting rid of something that you need, but also making sure that you're not maintaining something that you don't need, uh, frees up that cash to do Mm -hmm. something that you actually might need to do or want to do in retirement. So uh, I think when I think of right-sizing, that's how I look at it. Yeah, and I would, I guess from just, 
you know, like what we've already said, um, I would say inventory, 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 pitch, 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 or giveaway, 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 mm-hmm. and plan, plan, plan. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the prescriptive things as a result of what I'm going through right now. Just you end up, if you can start with one room or start with one project, what you'll find is you have a lot of junk. It's like water flowing yep. over dry ground. Yep. It, it junk finds every crease in your house, it every does. corner in yep. your house. So uh, if you can start doing that today with the vision that you will have the ability to um, get total value out of your mm-hmm. house in seven years, it does give you some time, but if you if you procrastinate, you'll that that seven years will be gone tomorrow. And and I think just from a practical perspective, figuring out the different paths to getting equity out of your house. So, yep. for instance, I can sell my house, and if I'm married, uh, my spouse and I, we can sell our house, and we get five hundred thousand dollars tax free. Those rules, the, the amounts change every year. But so, if I'm going to downsize, I could sell my house. Um, buy another house. And if it's half a million dollars cheaper, I just made a half a million dollars tax free. And so is that what I want to do? Um, you could cash out, refinance the house, which means uh, as your house increases in value, you're simply going to take out a loan um, and or you're going to refinance a greater amount of the house. You're going to pay it back. But because you don't uh, you then have that cash available if you needed it for something. Um, a, a home equity loan to improve the home, things that, that Ken was talking about. And then, and then the reverse mortgage industry is, is getting bigger and bigger. And it's actually becoming much more consumer-friendly, um, something that is important. Uh, for people as they retire is to is to have some confidence that, hey, these reverse mortgages aren't just scams, but they're uh, being regulated. Regulation isn't always a bad thing um, in, in that they're going to protect consumers. Um, and then talking to somebody to help you decide, hey, what's right for you? Uh, a lot of this is personal because your financial advisor can't help you figure out whether or not you need that fourth bedroom. Like they don't know what your, you know, what your situation is. Um, But once you get to a place that you're trying to uh, figure out how to monetize that asset, um, we'll have some resources in the show notes of places you can go to get more information about specific paths you may want to talk or take and then, you know, find somebody who can help you make those decisions. Michael, when we've talked to people... Um, and they have that one stock that they've done really well with. Mm-hmm. They won't sell it. Right. You know, you have to build that into their investment plan. Yeah. Because if that was the one that they made money on, mm-hmm. they will never let it go. Right. It can go to zero again, but their hope is that it will always come back right. because they made money on it. It's right. almost like gambling, right? Yep. You never hear about the losses. You only hear about the one big win. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an emotional attachment. Yes. So now add that emotional attachment to something on the balance sheet that is number one. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what we're ultimately trying to do is to say, hey, how can we logically and put a plan together that allows us to get out of this something that we are so emotionally attached right. with and get value out of that? Right. So that's why we kind of 
I think, appropriately call this right-sizing with purpose. That's right. Anything else to add? No, just this, that when Kenan has a garage sale, I want to be there. Yeah, just because, <laughs> please let me know whenever you have a garage sale. there's so much stuff that, that I'm like, oh, I'd bid on that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'll take if, up drones. Also, yeah. if, you, if you have enough stuff that you uncover, uh, having a garage sale, like people joke about that, but you do hear about people who make thousands of dollars. And, and it's just like, oh, yeah. really? And then you start uncovering your own stuff, and it's not surprising. So, yeah. Very cool. Thank you guys for your time. Absolutely. Thank we'll see you, you next Jared. time. Thank you, Jared. Thank Bye. You. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com. If you have a question for either Michael or Adam concerning this topic or anything else, please visit assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every single episode.